is dead. Diane, I am holding in my hand a small box of chocolate buns. Hey, everybody. Uh, Hi. Welcome to There Will Be Drinking Recaps Twin Peaks. We are on episode three, Mm -hmm. which is titled Zen or The Skill to Catch. Is that all one title? Yeah, that's the title. It's not like a choice, like sometimes they call it With the ellipses, even. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me (laughs) say this correctly. We are on episode three, titled Zen, comma, or The Skill to Catch, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. For You're welcome. <laughs> no, I was mostly we're, just commenting that it was also included. <laughs> we're uh, your hosts uh, from our mothership, There Will Be Drinking podcast. Yes. Here to bring Twin Peaks three cats. Uh, I'm Kate. I'm Murda. It is Murda. Murda Nine. And uh, we watched episode three, and oh my god. Yeah. This episode was wacky as fuck. I really liked it a lot. I, yeah, it was entertaining. It was super whacked. I just liked that it really got it. Well, you know, it's a true crime story, and the the last two episodes seemed like that, and now they're unfolding like, no, there's like mysticism around her death. And I really kind of liked that. I mean, it's definitely different than making a murderer. (laughs) Yeah, well, it leaves it leaves it up to being anyone. Right. Like literally, just God could have killed her. Yeah. It could all be a dream. Listen, I wouldn't put it past David Lynch. It could all be a dream. It could definitely. Um, yeah. How, how's your How's your Laura Palmer this week? Yeah, I was just gonna still delicious. That. We yeah, so we drink throughout the episode and giggle, and we yes. make the same drink every week mm-hmm. to honor our murder victim, mm-hmm. Laura Palmer. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. So we make a uh, tea infused bourbon with some lemon juice. Tastes like an Arnold Palmer, but so much bourbon it'll kill you. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Uh, it's quite, it's all, quite yummy. All right, so let's get to recapping. Yeah. Um, so one thing I noticed this episode that I didn't notice the last episode, the, sure. la- the first two episodes, was, I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't really absorb it, was I like how every episode just immediately picks up where they left off. There's no time wasted. Yeah, there's no passage of time. I really like the continuity there. So so pretty much where we end, we pick up right where the uh, we you know, it's it's evening time. Everyone's having dinner. Right. We left off um, before it was nighttime, right? Yeah. And they was, had done the autopsy, and, and they had, like, discovered a couple of their clues. Yeah. And now so we're it was, it was still evening. in nighttime Yeah, so it's day. evening. So it's, you know, we ended with, for instance, the Haywards are having dinner and meeting James right. for the same for the first right. time. We see them again uh, pretty early on in the episode. Uh, but most importantly, and my favorite, scene of the movie or I don't know it's hard it's debatable but we are at the Horn family dinner mm-hmm. same time um, and we you know it's it's the patriarch uh, Ben Horn Benjamin Horn Audrey Horn uh, I forget what her brother's name is it James I think so James Horn I think and their mother I don't even think they've ever said her now, mother's name no and she doesn't talk so and Uncle Jerry shows up so it's Ben and Jerry which is great yeah. Ben and Jerry Horn yeah. <laughs> clearly brothers uh, they he shows up from Paris with a whole bunch of bags and a whole bunch of like like servants servants yeah. you know people who work in the hotel right uh, unpacking his bag looking for sandwiches 
Which are just brie and butter sandwiches on yeah. baguettes. Yeah. And they're losing their shit over these sandwiches. Oh, I those love sandwiches it. are probably delicious. I was though. thinking that too. I was like, you know what? I, I don't blame them. But it's yeah. like they were, it was laced with drugs. Like they were getting high on those sandwiches. Yeah. Well, this and is they, the first time that Mr. Horn has been like super weird. Oh, didn't you love the way he was eating that sandwich? Oh, uh, yeah. He it started was... right from the middle. It's it's like a, a baguette, right? So uh-huh. he starts right, he like shoves the whole middle of the sandwich. He's already eating dinner. Hor- yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, no, he's like, oh, clearly the sandwich is going to be better than the shit that I'm eating now. It's great. <laughs> so. They are eating sandwiches and then they quickly walk off to each with each other and uh, and they decide that they're going to go and uh, do some man stuff together. They take a boat across the border to Canada. Oh, to is that a, what happened? Yes. Okay. To a brothel. Oh, it's just they just like appeared somewhere. So they like, take a boat. So okay. they take a boat to a a brothel on the other side of the border. Sure. And the madame of the of the establishment is called Black is named Blackie. First yeah. of all, <laughs> number one, that's weird. So there's also, I guess they also have a casino or like some sort of gambling that happens, which I would imagine most brothels they have that as well. But then, sure, I love that all of the ladies are dressed up in these like card game style lingerie. Yeah, it's like Alice in Wonderland. It's yeah, but none of them are none of them are supposed to be just Queen of Hearts. You know what I mean? Right. They're also like the one that's the new the new uh, lady, the new prostitute, new girl. She's wearing like a, a club's necklace, so oh. they're they're all, they're all it's they're all all over the place. I did like how some of the girls were like your typical like thin Vogue girl, and then some of the girls were like chunky. Oh, they have all of them. Yeah, all sorts of flavors. I was like, yeah, get the chunky. Uh, still all white, but like all sorts of other. True, <laughs> all white girls. You're right, but I mean, it is the Pacific Northwest. Well, and I love to. So In when they go, when when uh, Ben Horn wins his like is able to go with the lady the new girl the new girl is standing in like a of a, a, in it a pink encased doorway pink in like a, a vagina yes a pink, <laughs> a pink silk encased doorway i loved that touch i was like oh well, there's someone's going the, into someone's vagina like the set the set uh, metaphors on this yeah. show are like unbelievably amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, shortly after that, we get a gl- um, we get a glimpse at Agent Cooper talking to Hawk about to, to Deputy Hawk about Ronette. Um, apparently, she also just you know we're just pretty much going with you know Agent Cooper and Deputy Hawk at this point. And well, I, mean, I mean, with the sheriffs and everyone at that point. Um, we get them, apparently, we hear that Ronette apparently just quit her job. She was working at a horn department store. Right. In the so perfume they section. Own, they own a department store. They must store own a on lot of, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. They must own the town. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Also, another thing we get cut to real quick, which I thought, two more things besides, you know, everything that happened with the deputies and the agents, because I think that was the most important part of this, of this episode. Yeah. But two things we got was... One Bobby and Snake meet Leo. Uh, yes. Per our, if you're if you're caught up on our last episode, clearly we know that they owe him ten thousand dollars, and and we pretty much get confirmation that they were buying drugs off of Leo in this episode. Right. Clearly cocaine. Right. So they go and pick up the drugs. Leo's there to confront them because one, like you can't just get these new batch of drugs without giving me the money you owe me. Right. Number one. 
And number two, he just happens to mention that he's got a problem with his lady Shelly and that he's been and she's been stepping out on him. And we know as the audience that it's Bobby. It's Bobby. Yeah, but they he's don't. Banging I just thought it. I just thought I was like, but he just like casually decided to mention that. But the most suspicious part of the scene to me yeah. is that there's a man dressed in all black with the skull cap even on behind him, and Leo's like, pay no attention to him. I didn't even like you catch didn't that. that. Oh man, that's weird. Yeah, no. that's a, that's why I try and like type after the scenes are over. Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can miss so much. You can miss so much. It's only um, for like a split second that you see that. To, outside of plot, can we talk real quick in the scene about again how terrible Leo's acting is? Uh, they're all he's, even Bobby and no Snake. Bobby. I mean, they're they're bad actors, but it's like you're entertaining to watch. Leo, it's painful to well, watch. You have to think one, okay? Just like kind of like how we cast not that no many big names for Mulholland Drive because sure. that was supposed to be a television show. Sure. So there's not that many famous people in this show at the I, time at the least. I know. And number two, it's it really is a soap opera more than anything. I know, but there's so many <laughs> wonderful actors out there. Can't you cast someone who can actually physically act? A soap opera. Instead of someone who's terrible. I know. It's, and also even saying like soap opera actors are bad because really they... Some of them are great. I mean, they have hard... That's a lot of hours of work. Yeah. They work a lot. They love their jobs. A, an episode a day you know yeah. that's kind of more insane. than that they will i'm sure they from monday through friday yeah they don't i'm sure they film like three or four episodes because like star trek they used to film like four episodes well, a day also you're not in every scene of every episode so you're right so they probably right they probably film like two scenes per actor that goes over like four episodes because some of those scenes last forever you don't need like yeah you're, like anyway, anyway. so <laughs> so uh another thing is is uh Ed comes home (laughs) at some point in the episode and destroys, uh, like, destroys, uh, Pirate Nadine's, like, uh, new... Pirate Lady. Pirate Lady's new machine, I think. I think it was this episode. It doesn't matter It's a runner. It's a runner for the drapes. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's just that she has a fucking... I just need to mention that she has an amazing body. Well, she's on a... Okay. Is it a coincidence that Pirate Lady is on a rowing machine? Is that a coincidence? (laughs) I think not. And she also bends (laughs) And she also breaks the machine. Breaks the machine. Out of anger. Yeah. No, she's a pirate with super strength who can obviously row for, like, leagues in the ocean. She's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) She's... I love her okay. so much. Okay, so the big, I think, symbol, one of the more symbolic scenes of the episode, there's a couple of big ones, but where we kind of get into, like, the mythology of this episode was Agent Cooper takes all the the detectives, all the deputies and oh, sheriffs yeah. and Lucy, who I love, uh, out to the forest or, like, the some, part, the some part outside, yeah. Yeah. some part outside. They bring, uh, you know, they set up the donuts the same way. They have a <laughs> damn fine cup of coffee, and he tells them about this dream that he had. It's basically he's he's discovered like the mind body connection similar to the Dalai Lama and Tibet. He just like says that this all this is all like Tibetan mythology or whatever, and then he says that he's decided he's going to try a trick where he is going to put a bottle maybe about I think it's like probably 10 yards away from where they are uh he's going to they're they're gonna have one uh, they're gonna have the he's gonna have the sheriff read off the names that so so uh Laura's last entry in the diary is 
um, I'm nervous to meet Jay tonight. So he's going to have the Sheriff Truman, Sheriff Truman read off a Jay name that's in the town and like describe their um, relationship with Laura. And then he's going to throw a rock at the bottle. And if it breaks or falls, then he'll make a note of it. Because this is supposed to lead us to the killer. Well, I think the idea is, like, his intuition, because yes. he knows who all these people are, yes. is going to make his body react a certain exactly. way. That's yeah. What, that's what and I mean. That's so fine. I believe that. So, anyway. So, I'll fall for so that. So, it reads off a whole bunch of names. Um, the, so, he, so, the bottle falls uh-huh. when he reads off Dr. Jacoby's name, and he throws the bottle. It doesn't break, but it falls. Uh-huh. And then it breaks when he reads Leo Johnson. He throws a rock, and right. it breaks the bottle. Uh, so, of course, we've been saying all along that Leo Johnson's a big red herring. I mean, he's right. definitely a baddie, but we don't think real, he's... Real quick, though, about this scene. Uh-huh. Did you notice Hawk's face while he was doing this whole endeavor? No. Okay, so he's like, I'm going to do this and bind him body and Tibetan monks, and I'm going to throw it and we're going to mark and blah, 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 and I had a dream. And Hawk is holding this bucket of stones, and he's just like, you are full of shit. Well, why is he He's holding, just looking at him. Why is he holding kitchen mittens? I have no idea. I have the, no idea. This, All I know is, bucket, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got, Hawk has got kitchen, he's got kitchen mittens on, he's holding this Are bucket. hot stones? And he's like a Native American, <laughs> so he can probably understand spiritual things, but he's looking at Agent Cooper like, oh my god, are you friggin' serious right well, now? Well, I love that uh, when they, like, start talking, he starts talking about their dream, everyone lean. they're all sitting in a chair, and they all lean forward to, like, super attentive, like, so much attention Whatever. that they're paying, so, Whatever. um, anyway, so, yeah, I think, I think that was super interesting. That was, yeah, I liked that scene, I thought it was funny, I'm always yeah. entertained by Agent Cooper, so, yeah, it was fun. for sure, yeah, but that was a, that was a highlight for him, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we... Right after that, right after we get a big break on who Jay might be, yeah, we cut to uh, the diner where Donna and Audrey are both there at separate tables, but together at the same time right. in space and time. And it's, yeah, they're in the same. Yeah, that's nice. Time. And well, you never know what they live. You know, it's debatable. Different spaces, it's different debatable, dimensions, yeah. different perceptions. Anyway, so Donna comes over to Audrey and is like. You were supposed to be at church or something. I don't know what the fuck Don is Most ever talking about. Most of it doesn't about. matter, except for the one question she asks her, which was what. Uh, have have, has she ever mentioned my father? Did Laura ever mention my father? I yeah, think most he used of, to sing to her. Yeah, I think is most. That the... I think most of the conversation was pointless, except for that. Yeah, well, I mean, Audrey didn't used to like Laura, which I wouldn't have liked Laura. It sounded like she was a goody two shoes. She, she said so. she did. She did appreciate their, her, though, because she took care of her. She her was brother. good to her brother. Right, exactly. But, the, yeah, you're right. She was like, you mentioned my father. He used to sing to her, which yeah. I thought was fucking weird. And then, and then Andre's like, oh, don't you love this music? It's so dreamy. And, I mean, it's the background music of the show. So I'm very confused as a viewer if, like, that music is just playing all the time in Twin Peaks. Like, everywhere you go, regardless if you're outside, you're in your car, you're in your home, you're in a dream, there's just always music playing in the background. Well, I lo- we didn't mention it in the previous episode, but I really love... At some point, her father comes home, and she's listening to this music and swaying to it. And her father comes in and is like, I told you not to play that rocket! And I'm like, she's not listening to punk it's like rock. smooth jazz. Or, or rap. It's, like, or it's a hotel. Maybe they do want to hear smooth jazz. 
<laughs> I was like... They don't want to hear the sounds of people being murdered outside. They don't want to hear smooth why jazz. Why would anyone care if they're playing loud, smooth jazz? <laughs> Actually, that might drive me crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she's just like, it's so dreamy and fun to dance it's to. Great. I don't know. that. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we're back to the sheriff's office. And the sheriff is like, look, we found this near the murder scene and dun da da it's a bloody rag yeah well they also don't have dna testing really quite yet don't they i don't think so oh not really right. not, well, I that's kind of a bummer i think not until like the late 90s does it become like a real big uh thing so they can't really do much so they're except just for using, using their evidence their brains yeah. okay well they find a bloody rag boom 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 boop to do and then uh right after that the uh agent what's his name uh, Agent uh, Albert Rosenfeld. Agent Albert Rosenfeld and his team show up because I guess they've been called in by uh, Cooper. To look at Laura's body. To look at Laura's body. And uh, Agent Albert Rosenfeld is a fucking dick. Yeah, I love that he's he looks a, at the coroner's report he's like, amateur hour. Yeah, he's a, he's a dick to Lucy, who we love. Yeah. And then, he, and then Cooper and Truman come out and he's like, you know, what is this two-bit town bullshit, whatever. And, uh, and Agent Cooper's just like, this is amazing. Because I think he just gets off on conflict. Well, and he <laughs> loved how much uh, Sheriff Truman called him out as a dick. Right. Sheriff Truman pulled uh, Agent Rosenberg aside and was like, um, you're being an asshole. And what did he say? Like, I'm going to knock you to Queer Street? He's like, he's like, if you ever talk to anyone like that or something, I would, again, I You'll will. You'll find your teeth, teeth in Queer, queer, queer Street. Street. And you and I were both like, is Queer Street like a place in Twin Peaks? <laughs> like, know. is he making a gay joke or is that just a, is that just the name of streets? We don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um, well, then we go back to Ed's house. Ed's. Gas yard? His, okay, his, his, gas farm? Gas, Big Ed's gas farm. Big Ed's gas farm. Where his house is. Which is just glorious. The fact that that is, that is what, I didn't realize that's what, if they showed us that before, I didn't realize it. It was great. And actually, now that I think about it, no wonder Pirate Lady is so upset because she lives on farm and she belongs in this, the great high seas. <laughs> she lives in the opposite place is where she belongs. Um, anyway, he comes home and she is like, I've never seen her so happy. This woman has bipolar disorder. Yeah, she, so she like, le- leaped into she's his like, arms with joy. She's like, you spilled oil or grease or whatever on my cotton balls that were meant to make silent runners, and instead of throwing them away, I left them on. And now listen. <laughs> and then she pulls open the curtains and they don't make any sound, and she's like, we're going to be so rich. And Ed is basically just like, okay, honey. Well, anyone can do you that. Want. You don't really, it's not a product you can sell. I know. It's so <laughs> dumb. Okay. So then, now we're back at the Packard household, and it's Catherine and her husband, who is um, Josie Packard's, the guy who put fish in the car. Right. Yeah. And he's, uh, and they're just being fucking mean to each other. Yeah. Which, and I can't figure out why. It's just like, oh, well, I would get off the bed. They're a couple that don't and, like each other. Yeah, they just hate each other. Uh, and nothing really comes of no. that scene. <laughs> they're just mean to each other. Well, except for that he steals his wife's key. The, the safe key. Oh, yeah. And, and then gives it, it to Josie. It gives it off to And then gives she it to looks in the books and sees... That um, she's keeping two letters. Yeah. One for fishy mischief and one that's, like, the legit, like, accounting. Oh, oh, right, because she's trying to convince her that the mill is going under. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, okay. And then we're back in the Palmer household, which... Oh, the Palmers. <laughs> oh, guys. They're losing their minds. I mean, Laura Palmer's mom... 
already has been losing her mind. She's losing her mind so much that she's becoming, like, a, a fortune teller. Right. Which is fine. Like, that's well, useful. Well, I do... I, this scene right before the last scene yeah. is kind of great. Right. So Laura Palmer's dad turns on a record that's, like, a jazzy big band and then starts dancing with her photo. Yes, with Laura Palmer's photo, <laughs> Which yes. is weird in its own way. And yeah, then his and mom... Cry- and is, like, mom, maniacally crying Yeah, the scene. And then Laura Palmer's mom comes downstairs and is like, stop it! Because... Well, why, also, but why is she making him stop? But like, also what harm is he doing? But also asks in the scene, what is going on in this house? But, yeah, like, nonsensical. Yeah, I mean, he's dancing. Like, he's, he's, he's dancing grieving with his just daughter. the way you're grieving. Yeah, you're both fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> just accept his craziness and let's move on. Right, okay. So then they break the, the picture frame because, of course, Laura Palmer's mom is crazy and, and but can see the future. And Laura Palmer's dad is just expressing his grief in really strange ways. So they break the picture and then he gets, he, like, smears blood all over a picture. And that's it. And that's the whole point of that well, scene. Well, but it cuts <laughs> to... Right to the best. Oh yeah. Well, probably, then it cuts to, and I. This is what this I is wrote. probably going to be the best scene of the whole show. I would think. This is what I literally wrote. I wrote, "What the fuck is Agent Cooper dreaming of? What? 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 What?" Is what yeah. I wrote because well, it was so fucking confusing and weird. Well, I think I wrote a good synopsis of it. Do you want me to? Kind yeah, of I want you to nail it because okay, so, mine is a lot of like, what is going on right now? So, so the dream sequence is just like it's like you said, it's totally bananas, and it also convinces him as to like he seems to know now exactly who killed Laura Palmer after this dream sequence, which yes. I I'm sure I'm sure we're supposed to assume that we know that person too, but I doubt it. So, uh, thank you. For going full Lynchian on this scene, by the way, David Lynch. But anyway, it's essentially it's a it's a dream sequence that opens up like the really besides the the weird Zen Buddha thing that he did with the rocks. It's like really opening up the mythology of this death, and suggesting that good and evil are all over this town, like literally in everything you can find. Okay. And, um. So especially with the symbolism and the actual like existence of Bob and Mike who I think we're not really supposed to understand, but Bob, Mike is the good one-armed man. Oh, he's a good guy. He's supposed to be the good guy, yeah. Wait, there are two one-armed men? I'm confused. No, he is the one-armed man. One-armed okay, man. So like the one supposed to be good. He's supposed to be good so because he's... long hair? So, no, that's Bob. So Mike is the one who's wearing all black. And, okay, so and he's like Bob has both his arms. And Bob has both his arms. But he also has a long hair and a ponytail yes. kind of thing. Okay, so, I'm just clarifying. So Mike is the one, he's like describing how he's the one who says the line, fire walk with me in the okay. dream. Gotcha. And so basically he... Whatever that means. They were two friends, apparently living, they were two friends that were, they Bob and Mike were friends living above a convenience store together. Right. Um, and they basically are saying one chose the path of good and one chose the path of evil. And actually, because Mike chose the path of good, he lost his arm for it. Like, he had to sacrifice something to be good. Okay. So, anyway, anyway, last, and then lastly, but after we introduced ourselves, we're introduced to Mike and Bob, we see an old in bad old face makeup, Agent Del Cooper, with a dwarf man. Small person. Let's be political. Small man. He's a small person. No, no, no. Not, he's, I don't think he's meant to be an evil character. It's just like, I don't no, know. No, I just mean he's a small person. Um, and then Laura, 
Palmer, who's not right. Laura Palmer, who's the cousin of this. She's the cousin man. of the small person. Yes, the small man. And then there's dreamy music that comes on, and also the dwarf starts. They're speaking a really weird way. Yeah. They're speaking almost like they have super heavy Romanian accents that but are also, also being auto-tuned. And also, yeah, they, I think he is auto-tuned at some point. I don't know the whole time, but partial or almost, part of it. It almost sounds like they're saying each word backwards. And then almost, they're Romanian accent, but almost also like a little, like they're mentally challenged as well. It's weird. It is very weird. And it's, in so anyway. It's and like, the things they're saying are not, they're in a don't all, make any sense either. they're in an all-red room. Yeah. So Laura's his cousin, or not Laura? I guess we should call her not Laura. <gasps> not Laura. She goes over and kisses Dale, and then the little, so weird. and then the small man starts dancing, which was amazing. Yeah, he's a phenomenal he's a great dancer. dancer. Good for him. And <laughs> he then looks great. Dale Cooper wakes up and decides he knows who killed Laura. Right, and it, the ending line to this is like he wakes up, picks up the phone, and goes, <laughs> he says calls, Hawk, or he, does he call Truman? I think he calls Truman. And he's like, I know who killed Laura Palmer. He's like, and then his next response is, it can wait till morning. Well, he says, meet me. In the morning for breakfast at 7 a.m. He's like, Well, he's like, You sure you don't want to meet right now? And he's like, No, it can wait till morning. Okay. But he said emphasis can. It doesn't yeah, matter. No, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. no, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, but one thing I learned too when I was kind of reading about this scene was apparently Bob was a, like, um, was a set decorator who that in his name's Frank Silva. And apparently, like, D- David Lynch just got a weird image of him, like a, a shot of him in a mirror. It was like, Oh, he has a scary. Ah, I think he should be great. the evil Bob. So, I mean, I guess we're supposed to assume that Bob is the evil one who killed him. I mean, he's also the same face that Laura Palmer's mom was seeing oh, yeah, at the foot right. of her bed. I'm just going to warn you. Bob and Mike's are, are going to get confused in my head. Bob I'm just going to constantly think that Mike is the bad one. It's just going to be a mess. I also don't think Bob and Mike likely had anything to Like you said, it's a red herring and it's like likely had nothing to do with... They're just greater sim, sim, symbols for what's happening. In, in, Maybe. Who I knows think town. That's what I think. Oh my so God. anyway, alright, let's um, let's talk about our, our top our our, our you know, recurring questions for this round. Uh, we didn't get a, a shot of Mr. Cooper, uh, Agent Agent Cooper, typing onto his memo calculator. But we can assume that. But he we used can assume it. that he used it. Yeah. What, so, did you, what did he type into it? Um, I think he typed note to self after solving this mystery, uh, try out for Major League Baseball. Oh. <laughs> Why? Because he was so good at throwing at that bottle. Oh. <laughs> That's good. Just to try it out, just to see. He's a very curious man. I think he wrote, I am Buddha. Uh, maybe. <laughs> he could have wrote both those things. I believe that he put both those things right like, one after the other. I am Buddha, and I actually should try out for baseball. I bet, I'll bet he wrote after that, <laughs> and any Buddha is probably pretty good at baseball. I would imagine he is. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite minor character of this episode, Oh my god, Caitlin? Pirate Lady took the cake she was so this episode. Good. She's amazing. <sighs> Breaking the row machine. I, I'm going to have to give it to Lucy, this one. Lucy's also good. Lucy, mostly because she's famous. My favorite part is that when uh, Agent Albert Rosenfeld shows up and he's, like, being a dick to her, yeah. she's reading a giant book about Tibet. <laughs> because of the, aw, Lucy's so cute. She's like, I have to learn about this. Giant book. It's so good. Oh, my God. All right. Finally. Who did it, Kaylin? Um, I mean, I feel like, if, I feel like, uh, Bob did it. Like, Which one's the bad one? Bob. <laughs> Bob did it. <laughs> I feel like, 
Okay, so like a lot of, I think a lot of shit happened to Laura probably uh-huh. but right before she died. A lot of terrible shit, but I think he was the one who murdered her. Okay, I'm gonna go with Snake. What? That's crazy. Because uh, clearly they're all hanging around with each other. Do you just have like a magic eight ball and you're shaking it yes, to see whatever kind of, happens? Kind okay, of. cool. But also Snake is the it's one like that when roulette. they were when they were kind of then when they when Bobby and and Snake and Leah were all talking to each other in the woods, mm-hmm. but she was afraid to go in the woods, right? Snake was the one with the knife in his hand. He seemed impulsive. So he could have easily, like, you know, had the knife in his hand turned around. And, I don't know. Yeah. And the whole they, town killed her. And Who then knows? they were like, why don't we just hit rape her at this point? Yeah, maybe. You know, <laughs> the 17-year-olds, you know. They were dicks. Yeah. Someone got roofied at some point, so, you I know. I don't know. Whatever. All right, guys, so subscribe to our Mothership podcast. There we'll be drinking. Oh, yeah. So, uh, rate and subscribe here and there. We would really like that a lot. Uh-huh. Follow uh-huh. us on Instagram on uh-huh. There We'll Be Drinking, TWBD Podcast on Twitter, uh-huh. and There We'll Be Drinking on Facebook. Yes. All right, you guys, uh, go enjoy a good good cup of joe. And um, a killer, and killer a slice cherry, of pie. Cherry pie will kill you. Pie up your life. Pie up your life. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Bye.